The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. I'm Martin Saunders. Rachel Garner, yes. you are you're brimming with excitement this morning. I feel like you you've got a story, haven't you? Well, I have. I can see it on your face. I have to say, I mean, every youth worker, we're always on the lookout for a good story. No, my story is no, it's, it's not really an illustration. It's more that I arrived. So, dear listeners, I arrived at work this morning, and it is a first world problem. Like we have a car park, we and, do have a car park. and it's brilliant. But every single time I come to the office, I have to get out of the car, like type in the little on the keypad, oh, on, the, on the barrier, wait for the barrier to go up, and if it's raining, if it's wet, if it's cold. So today, I, I pulled, I arrived, I approached the barrier, and the barrier went up. What? And my initial thought was this. Oh, at last, the barrier has recognised me. What? That was my actual You thought. actually thought that the barrier had, yeah. as Drove a sentient in. being, yes. has recognised your recognised me. My status How? as the woman that comes every day and has to get out and type of the numbers anyway I parked the car and then noticed that our CEO drove in behind me and oh. has on his dashboard the sensor that is noticed and then I was like oh no but I just sat in the car like that kind of sums me up Martin this, I this just feels like these... a, actually quite a profound story well it's just these random thoughts that an inanimate object is like thinking about me and like mm. oh, oh goodness so anyway so that that is that is 50% of the interview today is brought by someone like me who quite who thinks a plastic object. I love that. I, 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 do you know what? This is the perfect moment to ask you a question I've never asked yes. you. What's that? Which is, have you ever been like in the street? Yes. In, like shopping or something? <laughs> and someone's come up to you and recognised you from like speaking at Spring Harvest and do things. Do you know, I did actually recently, about two weeks ago, um, somebody ran up to me in, the, in London. I was walking... Long by Goode Street, and they ran up to me, and it was busy, and they were screaming, Cat Dealy! Cat Dealy! And gave me a massive hug, and then went, Oh, not Cat Dealy! And gave me another hug. And I said, I'm so happy that oh, I told I just love that. I that's think, brilliant. I think it was the fake animal print and the slightly highlighted hair. But anyway, so yeah, so there we go. I get, I get mistaken. You do get recognised, but not as Rachel Gold. I, I sometimes am recognised um, by my, my family. Like, I so thought you were saying fan base. No, not fan base. No, don't have a fan base. Shout out to the fan base. Don't want a fan base. So Martin, we, we need to get on now and be uh, oh, yeah. be professional because we have some fantastic stuff today. Loads today. It's a mixed some, bag. Yeah, sometimes we just have one speaker, but but today we're bringing you a plethora of beautifulness from wonderful people. And we're going to kickstart with our first ever live podcast. Yes. Now, we need to preempt this with the fact that it was very, 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 very late at night. Yes. And um, it was way past Martin's bedtime. I was not my best self. And I think you will hear him snoring partway through. But it was a fascinating conversation. And we'd invited Mike Royal, who'd been speaking that day at a completely yep. different event. Bishop Mike Royal. Bishop Mike Royal. Nathan Dennis is a great friend of ours who I just want to be like him because he's so cool. Um, and, and also Naomi from XLP, who you've heard on the podcast before, the one where both you and I bawled our eyes out, I yep. think. Um, and we just talked about guy culture, boy mm. culture, male identity. Um, and what are the challenges? and the limitations for, for this generation of young men in culture and how do we as church help them bust free from that? Yeah, so we are going to go over to the National Youth Ministry Weekend Late now. at night. Late at night. Remember, I'd had a very busy day and um, and, we, and we start actually with, uh, with a bit of sort of podcast fun and games, we don't do. we? But we yes. do get there. So, so if you're waiting for the meat that, yes. uh, that Rachel was just describing, Here we do get there in the end. It's on its way. So tune in 
to this. Escape podcast. So uh, let's do it like this. By show of hands, uh, how many of you have listened to a edition of the Youthscape oh, podcast? Like two seconds of it. Yes. And, th- and therefore, some of you in the room, that's, there's no judgment here. But, some of you will know that, um, that we always do a shout-out. One, two, one, two. Ah, oh, there we go. Yes! Whoa! Well, I mean, I, I was doing a thing. <laughs> Sorry, so, carry on doing your thing. So we, uh, we always do a shout-out to somebody yeah. uh, every time. And is there anyone in the room who knows who we always do a shout-out to? Yes! Ollie Deeks! Ollie Deeks! This is Ollie Deeks! Actually here. <laughs> if you've never listened to the podcast, you're just clapping a man. <laughs> and uh, and actually, Professor Doctor Guru Len is here. Is Len now he's here? not actually he's not come, come to the podcast. No, he's, All right. <laughs> he's actually in the same country as the recording of the podcast, but actually is in the green room drinking a cup of tea. Welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. Yes, uh, I'm Martin Saunders. And I'm Rachel Gardner, and you are so welcome. Give yourself a little cheer so everyone can hear that you're here. Are you ready? One, two, three. Woo! Yeah, look! A live audience. That sounded quite convincing. This is amazing. This is good, and this is late at night. Who normally is still awake at 10 p.m. on a Friday night? Everyone's yeah, hand them. has just gone up. Yeah, that's all of those people. <laughs> I'm the one that normally is like, oh, can I go to bed now? It's half past nine. It's good to see you. How are you? And we have some wonderful guests. And uh, if you tune into our podcast, we have a very special way that we introduce our special guests. We just refer to them as our special guests. Yes. But we actually have them with us. We're going to introduce them in a minute, aren't we? Not we, yet. We're going to introduce them now because then they can oh, play the game. we're going to introduce them now so they can play a game. Brilliant. So, ladies and gentlemen, on the stage with us... We have three wonderful friends, one from London, two from Birmingham, and I'm going I'm to go along the line with ladies first. So on my right, Naomi, we, we have interviewed you before on the podcast, haven't we? Yes. Can I'm you tell us your name and, and, and who you work for? Uh, my name is Naomi Allen, and I work for XLP in yeah, London. Fantastic. Naomi, you are so, so welcome. And then one along is a lovely friend. Now, I have to, I have to introduce this friend very specially because... <laughs> You walked in, it's Nathan, and Nathan walked in the building about 10 minutes ago and went, oh, it's actually a thing. And because I was literally like, oh, Nathan, just come and chat about, like, urban youth culture. And then he just thought it was, like, me and Martin, and, like, a cup of tea late at night. And Nathan's like, oh, actually, it's a thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, will you please put your hands together to my my new best friend, Nathan Dennis! And then... Nathan. Good evening, I- everybody. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Nathan, you've travelled from Birmingham to Birmingham, and you still got lost in the traffic, didn't you? Well, I didn't get lost. Just the parking's <laughs> crazy around here because just around the corner, literally oh, at Stone Throw, is the busiest nightlife scene ever called is the Broad it? Street, and it's just full of clubs it's and crazy. revelers. So you know, the parking's crazy. a bit difficult, but I'm here. Uh, do, do revelers park? Do they drive and park? That's, that's interesting. Well, I don't know, think the, I the, did in my Well, the new years. thing is Uber, and it? Hashtag Uber life, so... Oh, I see, so, I see. So there's loads of Ubers bucking up the spaces. I know, I know. Now, some people who are regulars to podcasts will recognise your dulcet tones because you have been on one of our podcasts before. Ooh. Yeah, so it's really great. And Come on, audience, go... Ooh. Ooh. 
repeat visit. And Nathan, I'm going to get this right. What I love about you is you say, actually, what, you need, what they need to know is I'm a husband, I'm a daddy, which is awesome, awesome priorities. Yeah. You also are a youth work activist. You're an educator. You're a specialist around youth ministry. You're an entrepreneur. You're right. an agitator. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. else? <laughs> when you hear it back, it sounds crazy. But the, the first thing is that I'm, I'm a servant of God. That's the first Amen. thing. And yeah. the second thing is one of my greatest joys, as I said, is being a husband to my wife for 11 years. And I have four daughters. We have four, four daughters four. together. Four. Yeah. And then out of that, there's a passion to really engage with young people who are not necessarily coming into our churches, who are on there, out there in street culture, urban youth life. Um, so, yeah, you'll hear a bit more about it. Yeah, that we'll later. hear a bit more a little bit later. And then, last but not least, coming around the circle, we're, we're sat on these lovely grey stools, it's beautiful, is a dear friend, Mike. And, Mike, we've not interviewed you on our podcast before ever. This is the first time. No, it is the first time. This yeah. is brilliant. And, Mike Royal, you are probably well known as a name to lots of people listening to this. Mike, you've done many, many things. I love introducing you as a Pentecostal bishop. We have a bishop, bishop. in the house. Bishop Mike Royal, you might also know him in the involvement with TLG and Cinnamon Network. And Mike, you are a dear friend of Church Jesus Christ. And anything else you want us to know about you? Um, <laughs> I, I, I love Turkish food. So before I came oh. here, I took my wife out for a lovely Turkish meal in a jury quarter. She absolutely oh. loved me for it. So that's uh, but great. that's not what you've been doing today because you've come fresh from somewhere else, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another, another big conference, another big national conference in the city called New Parish Conference, which is about people who are living deeply in their neighbourhoods and communities. And I've been speaking there, which has been really good. Oh, cool. brilliant. Thank you so much Thank for you. coming. Right, we're going to kick off. We are going to have a serious conversation at some point. Uh, we're going to kick off by, uh, by playing a game, which we've played a number of times on, um, on the podcast, which is, which is all around uh, the language used by young people, the language of youth culture. I feel like, Nathan particularly, this is not going to be a problem for you. Yeah, no, Nathan I mean, will know this. Points mean prizes, you know. Yeah, yeah. for us... It, it's genuinely like a foreign language. <laughs> it's like enlightenment. I language. don't think we've ever got them right. No. So, so we're going to have a few youth, genuine youth words, youth culture words on the screens, <laughs> and then we're going to have a guess at them. Nathan, if you stay quiet, yeah, I think you'll know. Yeah, stay quiet, Nathan. Don't say anything. And what's lovely is the person that normally is saying it is also in the room, Helen. Oh, Helen's yeah. voice is the one that is normally reading out these words. Do you anyway. want to shout the, name, the words out oh, for us, oh, Helen? Oh, oh. Okay, don't do that. Oh, I actually... I think oh, I know this. So the word, ladies and gentlemen, is coaching. Coaching is the word. Does anybody know what coaching means? Come on, Martin, you go for it first. Genuinely no idea. Is it Just some sort of sport? No idea. Is it a sport? Anybody want to shout out from our wonderful audience? What does it mean? Is it like hugging? Ollie Deeks suggests. Is it like... I think, Nathan, we're going to... That's Welsh. Oh, kutching. Hugging. Is that kutch? Is it kutching? Kutch, I don't know. Are we it's... saying it wrong? Does anyone else know? Hanging out. Hanging out. Hanging out. Hanging out. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Nathan. Come on, give them a round of applause. Oh. <laughs> Nathan. Thanks, Nathan. Can you Nathan put it in a knows. sentence, please, Nathan? In a sentence. How would you put that word in a sentence? Kutching just means chilling out. Just chilling out. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kutching here on this stool, chilling out with yeah. you guys. Love it. Love it. Super brilliant. Right, next one, please. Roll the next word. No. Oh, my goodness. Genuinely, no. <laughs> so that's gangster lead. Do I, it's a type I don't, of I'm not going first. That, um, street people eat. <laughs> street, yeah. street people it's eat. It's a diet, actually. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to have a go at this. Okay, come on then. I think it's somebody who's been working out <laughs> and is really... Nathan's not smiling. Um, someone who's working out really hard because uh, they've been in prison. Oh, okay. We just, I just feel there's all sorts of things about this is game. That right? It feels deeply wrong. Mike, what do you think? Uh, this is just a complete guess, but I think it's someone that just looks super cool. Yeah, super cool, super lean. Nathan, come on, friends. What does it mean? It's a type of steak. Oh, it what? Is. I want to joke in. Oh, well done. Everyone was like, what? So what does it mean? A gangster lean is just like, I need to demonstrate it. It's like, oh, it's just like, oh, oh. It's typical pose. Just posing. It's like, yeah, I'm a gangster, man. The gang. Come on, everyone, do you? Everyone, stand up and do your best gangster lean. Come on, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm saying cool. This is gonna work really well on audio. Very good. Yeah. My husband's doing it really well. Martin, you're like a. I just, I just did a little stretch. Nice. Little stretch. So far, zero out of two. Right, next one, please. Okay. Here we go. What what is that? I can't believe what that is. Is that Vorts? Vorts? Is that a V at the is start? Is that a V or a W? A uh, Vorts. You said I got a little child, a W. What W? Vorts. Is that um, Vorts? Austrian nightclub. Anybody know what Vorts means? <laughs> a type of watch. A type of watch? Like, that's a good guess. Do oh, you yeah. know Nathan? <gasps> Do you Nathan? Know? Nathan doesn't know. I think it's not a real, real word then. What is Vorts? Does anyone know what Vorts is? Is it, is it Warts? It's a disease. <laughs> Can we have a definition, please? What does it doesn't mean? doesn't mean anything. We made it up. Yeah, OK. Oh, oh. Yeah, very well done. Well, there we go. Very good. Yeah. And then we've got one more, I think. Here we go. What is it? What is it? 30. Sorry, it, it was made Cer- up. 30. The team made it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30. Yeah, 30. 30. Is it like, I'm 29, I'm 30. Is that, I don't know, <laughs> is it an age thing? Is, is it, it certified? Is it, is, it, is it short for certified? Certified, like it's good. Well, I don't know if that's what I meant. Yeah, but yeah. Anyone else want to have any guess about that? No. Okay, Nathan, over to you. Naomi, Naomi, what do you think, actually? Do you think you know what that is? Uh, well, I was going to say that it's probably like the, a month of the year in another language. That's oh. the type of thing it reminds me of. That's it. Wow. Yeah. That, is that doesn't sound say, like that all, would be a street culture word. For all of those young word. people who are practicing languages, that's what that is. <laughs> Mike, do you reckon you know what it is? Uh, it, it could be kind of short for certain. Ah, okay. certain. Do you know Nathan? <laughs> He's loving this. Um, it's basically short for certified. It is yeah. short for certified. And what, how young people use it is like, yeah, man, you're certy. Like, so but you're legit. So, and that's an important thing in terms of today's topic, in terms of, for, in terms of like how we engage with young people. Yeah. Because if young people don't believe that we are certified, if we're legit, they don't trust you. It's, 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 it sounds like a simple word, but it's got a lot of... Mm. Resonance, if, yeah. yeah if, you know, emotion. And another word that young people are using from a um, social media word is verified. And then another word, yeah, you're, you're 30 or blue tick verified. So, and they use these little languages in talking about approving of your, yeah. of, of your trust and your friendship. Yeah, fantastic, amazing. You see, we all we know that when Nathan's in the room, we learn something profound out of our silly yeah. game. Yeah. So I think, ladies and gentlemen, did you get any any more than like zero out of five? Who got zero out of five? There are only four. Brilliant. Who got, who got zero out of four? There we go. Should we give ourselves and our panel a huge clap? Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, so we, we, we would tend to use those words as part of the sort of... We'd, we'd understand as part of the urban youth culture scene. Um, but, but many of us would say that urban culture tends to sort of lead the way 
for young people now, whether, that, whether they happen to live in a city or actually whether they live in a suburban context or a, a village. So what, what are some of these sort of trends that we're seeing that are led by urban culture that are, are a, an issue for all young people now? Um, I would say um, is we have to talk about social media. Um, social media is just literally a phenomenon. Like It's just ridiculous how much music um, impacts fashion, in, impacts um, choices in terms of clothing that young people are wearing, the language that they're using. Um, urban street culture has kind of become youth culture. Yeah. So you see that young people are wearing hoodies, for instance, like a hooded top, um, jeans, trainers, even just a dress sense. You can, you can, like a celebrity could wear an item of clothing and then everyone's wearing it within a week or do a haircut and then everyone's wearing that haircut. Um, but that's causing problems, I think, from my perspective, where young people are feeling this like um, direct or indirect peer pressure, whereby young people are, are posting pictures of their latest trainers. So one of the f um, hashtags that's a massive trend in youth culture is hashtag um, CrepCheck. So that is where young people post the, the collection of trainers on Instagram or on their social media profiles to say, like, this is my CrepCheck. I've got over 15... 20 trainers, how many have you got? And then that can feel where young people who don't have as many trainers can be feeling a bit like, oh God, I don't have worth. I would say the speed at which information is consumed is just off the chart. You, you watch a young person even with their phone in their hand and the speed at which they are consuming information. And so what that tells us is actually we also have to keep up with the way we communicate as well. So it is absolutely tiny, tiny sound bites. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just um, so off the chart for, for people who, who, who aren't young. Mm -hmm. I think the social media thing is, is massive, isn't it? I, um, just coming to you now, Naomi, and I remember when, when we interviewed you for a podcast and we were talking about you grew up in sort of sunny, ruralish Tunbridge Wells and then ended up working with XLP in sort of inner city London. But do you find that when you're working with young people outside of an urban setting, actually in many ways the trends are the same and irrespective of where we are, actually youth culture is youth culture and it's so much more governed by internet and global technology that it's irrelevant if you've got a field outside or a chicken shop or whatever. What, what do you... I think um, one of the things we're realising more and more with the young people we're working with in London is this trend of, of fear. Um, more and more we're seeing young people who are fearful and that drives their behaviour. So whether it's carrying a weapon, whether it's coming out in terms of anger, whether it's being that they actually cannot cope, um, actually a lot of that is driven by fear. And I think, I, personally at the moment, I see that more obviously in the young people I'm working with in the city. I think um, when you live in areas where people are regularly assaulted with knives, um, or I think at the moment we are having a load of young people who are really scared of terrorism, acid attacks, mm. um, moped crime, uh, all the things that are happening on a regular basis, um, I think particularly for, for our young people in the city, that is something that is a reality. Um, but the fact is, is that, as we say, trends affect people across the board. And I think that there is a general idea of, like, there are things to fear. Whereas I think for myself growing up, I, I don't think I really got scared until I had to move out of home and do things for myself. I think there's a lot of young people who are growing up genuinely feeling scared on a regular basis. And let's just bring that, why that happens. From a biblical perspective, um, it says biblically that the um, enemy is like the prince of the airwaves, yeah? So one of the things that the enemy is using very powerfully 
is media and using the airways to communicate his message of fear. So I was always taught that God, in our relationship with God, God, we have a relationship with God through our faith, but the enemy is always using fear. And he's putting fear into the atmosphere, into young people's consciousness to kind of control them. Mm. And then they're making decisions and reacting to scenarios out of fear. Which, so I agree with everything yeah. that you're saying. And I would just say that if you're an older person, there are areas that you can walk in and you wouldn't, think, you wouldn't feel fearful. But for a young person, it's a whole different ball game for them. And we just need to recognise that because their, their, their world is different and their interactions with people and peer groups and negative peer groups are different too. So sometimes as older people, we really find it difficult to understand why can't a young person go to a particular area? Um, I, m m the organisation that I've been involved in pioneering, TLG, we do alternative provision for young people. And one of the things we have to think really carefully about is where do we put our alternative provision because if we put it in the wrong area actually there's a whole load of young people from a city that won't go to that area so you guys have picked up really eloquently about fear and and i'd love us to be talking about boys now and i'm just very conscious that often i'm in a space where i'm kind of opening up a conversation about girls the issues that girls are facing but we wanted to talk tonight specifically about boys. And, and it breaks my heart in a way that the way I'm going to introduce the idea to about boys is talking about fear. But I think in a way we've got to go there because we live in a culture that is quite afraid of teenage lads mm. and teaches teenage lads to be quite afraid of themselves. And I would just love, I mean, like, I want to just throw that out there. Is that, is that right as a culture? Yeah. Are we scared of boys? I, I would... Um, if I can, if I can share a scenario, a story. So 13 years ago, before I became a born-again Christian, um, my main method of communication and how I used to control and do things was through fear. So what I would do is I would intimidate on purpose. So for instance, I used to go clubbing and what they call raving just up the road before I was a Christian. Um, and I didn't pay to go into no club. Because when I got to the door with my friends, the face, the energy that we would carry, we would get into that, that even with Just security fear, guards that yeah. were more, you know, spending hours in the gym. We wasn't necessarily gym, had the size. But we, we walked with a spirit of fear that made the security know that if you do not move out this way, there's going to be a problem. But when I reflect back now and come into Christ, I realized that really I didn't know myself. I didn't, I didn't have any identity, really. I was lost, and I was using what I could clutch onto um, as something to give me a sense of identity, but it was a false identity. Um, and I feel like through my relationship and transition with Christ, he exchanged my fear with love, and, and, then, and then I realized that actually I could, I could um, communicate with people and get what I needed to get. or well, not necessarily what I needed to get, but I could have better relationships by using love. Mm and being patient or being more peaceful. And it was a crazy concept to me because I thought, based on what I was seeing around the media that I was watching, the role models within my community, everyone was just ruling by fear. So what we have now is when we talk about, this is 13 years ago, so when I was literally into this kind of like youth violence kind of gang culture, you want to call it, um, there wasn't social media how we have it now. You imagine that now where people are realizing that I've got some power and then you put that into a video 
or you put that into a tweet, or you put that into, you just, it magnifies it, you shouldn't say. So what you're finding now is that, I don't know if anyone's ever had a conflict in the school playground where someone teases you and everyone goes, ooh, did you just hear what he just said about your parent or your scenario? And that little circle in the playground would see that scenario, and that feeling that you would feel would be like very uncomfortable. But what happens now is on social media, if I have a, if I have a conflict with you, and I pull it on social media, I record a video and I say, I don't like you because you wear blue trainers and I'm going to get you. Everyone on social media world sees this video and sees that I've said that I'm going to get you. Yeah. So what that does now is that the comments that people are going, oh, have you seen what Nathan said to her? What's going to happen? Where are you going to meet? And it, gives, it makes me then have to react yeah. and retaliate and, and it, puts this, it magnifies the pressure that used to happen in the playground by a thousand, because everyone's seen it on social media and everybody's waiting for a response. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just think that, that, that young people, oftentimes when they get into that negative spiral, they're playing up. But actually what we've found at TLG is that when you get some of these young people on their own and you put them in a really positive environment, guess what? They're just regular kids. Mm. Mm. They're just regular kids, but they're kind of into this sort of kid adulthood, mm. and, and, and it's a negative spiral um, that is really difficult for them to break out of. Mm. I think um, one of the things that more and more we're seeing is that young people, they, they genuinely crave attention, and they want to be known for something. Um, but this idea that um, actually a lot of them want power, and they definitely don't want to be put to shame. And so anything that attacks them and like makes them like feel shameful or, or feel yeah feel vulnerable feel attacked um, feel exposed anything like that it's like I must regain power of the situation and exert myself and I think this there's this element of like I think particularly young men they want to be seen as powerful in control they want to be seen as um, people who you don't mess with because actually like I'm I'm the one who is calling the shots here. And, and more often than not, they, they're very willing to put their money where their mouth is because they, they don't want to think through the consequences. They care more about reputation than they do about the, the immediate consequences in front of them. Mm. Um, first of all, I just need to say Joe's shoes are excellent. Got great trainers down there. They are what you might call fresh crepes. Oh, he, ju he just wants See to See how I've that. learned? Yeah, thanks. The look of um, admiration in Nathan's eyes. And for those who are listening, crepes, I'm not talking about the... Um, pancakes. Flat yeah. Pancakes. <laughs> we know. Um, is it... To, I mean, this is a kind of evangelical Christian question now, but, but how, do we, how do we reach mm. these young men? Is it even possible to reach the kind of young men that you're describing who are governed by fear, who are... You know, how do you, how do you actually do that? And what does that even look like? This... Yes, it, it, but I'm just going to say, yes, it is possible. Yeah. Um, I think every person is a person, and we have to stop seeing people as projects first and people second, but see people as people. And um, every young person has incredible potential. And I, for myself, I, the way that I generally am working with young men is being able to see the potential in them and not just label them like everyone else has and put them in a box and say, oh, you're a bit of a pain, you're a troublemaker, and be able to see past that and say, you know what, you're actually really good at this, I'm calling this out of you, you I see that you can be better. Actually, this isn't like you, you don't normally behave like this, why are you doing it today? Um, and just being able to speak value and life to young people who only hear lies. That in, I think in a world of lies, speaking truth is probably the most powerful thing you wow. can do. Brilliant. I, I love it. Yeah, we need to talk more. I love <laughs> what you're saying. Perfect, really. 
what I was going to say that in this kind of Christian environment setting, the question kind of frustrates me because it's quite simple, really. And like I come to an amazing event like this, and I was here before, and it was packed, and it was like amazing, and the lights and everything's happening. But for me, it's just like what we just need to really do is just build real, genuine relationships and consistent ones. Mm. Not this, like I, I always challenge my church and say, sometimes I come into church on a Sunday and everyone wants to just say, God bless you, how are you? But it doesn't go past that, like God bless you, how are you? And I think if we invest in relationships, invest in spending quality time and consistent time, we would really one by one change and transform this world. But for whatever reason, we, we, I feel like we're... We're locked in a cycle of services, events, and then we're not doing what I would call, the church call it you know, evangelism, but I call it outreach, just going out into community. And the key scripture that God gave me when I started to say, Lord, I want to go back, that God put in my heart was, he showed me the image of when he went to the well, Christ went to the well. So he's a Jew speaking to someone that he shouldn't have been speaking to. And the first thing he does was he asks the, the lady at the well for a drink. And I remember when I was studying this, it's like God was saying to me, don't move past that line. Look at what I did. And I was like, what? I went to some. So I was like, oh, okay, then Jesus, you went to somewhere that you shouldn't have been. Based on who you was and who she was, you shouldn't have been talking. I was like, all right, I get that. And he says, you remember, I could have commanded water to come to my, my mouth, but I asked her for a drink. And there's something about us going into community and asking questions mm. and not trying to be the expert. I think how we're trained in terms of we walk, you know, evangelical, Jesus is the way, and we just, you know, and just, it's not about that. Sometimes we've got to go to people who we may think don't have an answer or don't have a solution, but ask them, what do you think I need to do? You know, and just really empower them and make them feel valued and wanted and that they have a contribution mm. to make. This is a little bit left field, but I want to make it as a practical suggestion for, for youth workers out there. I think we need to take our young people, our young men and women, sometimes out of the urban environment mm -hmm. and out into the countryside. And, and, and just so that they can play, so that they can breathe, so that they've got space to run around and find their childhood again. And whenever I've done it, I've just been amazed at how their whole demeanor changes. And I just want to encourage, just get them out of their, their environment. Some of our young people have not even stepped into, they live in outer city estates, they've not even stepped into Birmingham city centre, never mind anywhere else. And we've got to show them it's a big world out there and it's not just the postcode in which they live. Can I ask um, you guys a question as well? So I, I've been a youth worker for about 15 years and, and I... I'm a female youth worker, and the whole boundary thing is I'll often be mentoring girls. I feel more comfortable working with girls. I love working with teenage boys. I tend to sort of lean back a bit, let the other guys sort of take over. But as I'm getting older, I've got sort of this growing passion for, actually, we, I, I want to be connecting with these boys as well. But how do I do that? Often I'm a very different age. I might come from a very different background. I've got a different gender. Like, is, is that an issue in terms of working with boys? Do boys need men? Or do boys need men and women to work in their lives? I'd love, I'd love to hear something from each one of you. Maybe it's an obvious answer, but actually we don't always name it. Mike, I mean, TLG employs men and women. and Yeah, yeah, no, men and women. And I, kind of, I love that African proverb that says, you know, it takes a village to raise a child or a young person. Actually, it takes everyone. And do you know, I would just say, just be yourself. Don't try to act mm. younger than you are. Just actually 
be yourself. And if you are interested in young people, they will gravitate towards you. What would you say, Nathan? I would say the same thing. You know, it's just like, I understand the question and the, and the struggle. Because um, men do need men. Yeah. And the, the, the harsh reality is that there's a lack of male leadership, mod role models and fathers. So there is that gap. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, if, if you have that passion, it's about if you can create the spaces. Just like Michael's saying about taking young people out, sometimes financially or, you know, logistically, that's not practical. But you can create spaces. So the same amount of, this is what I'm trying to say about stuff and sometimes our philosophies, the same amount of quality we put into this event, staging and stuff like that, lighting, and it's very nice, you put that into little forums. So even if the forum's going to have six people turn up, four people, it's got the lighting, it's got the food, you know how we've got the green room, and it's just creating those spaces that are like, oh, like proper VIP. One of the things we do is we always use living room kind of spaces, and we use soft furnitures and buy rugs and make sure it feels like a home from home, and, and just create that environment where it feels like family and create really therapeutic, psychologically informed, and the other word we like to use is culturally appropriate. So what we mean is that depending on the ethnicity we're engaging with, we like to have little symbols within the room, so it could be a flag of a country. Stuff like that just makes people feel like it's home from home. Can I just add something very quickly before I hand over to Naomi? Just to say, you know, it's really interesting. When we go and talk to churches about setting up an alternative provision, they always go, uh, and are the kids going to wreck the church? And I say, in, in all of our years, actually, do you know what? We don't have any graffiti because if you provide a rich and respectful environment for young people that values them, guess what? They're going to value that environment. Amazing. Yeah, so I think, um, I guess from a, from a female perspective, working particularly with young men, I think a lot of the time um, I see my role as um, sometimes helping guys to articulate emotion because I think actually sometimes they don't, they're not taught, and if they don't have guys in their life to, to model actually how to be a guy and to show emotion, actually, that is something that I'm quite good at. I cry all the time, and like, I, I'm good at talking about feelings. And I think um, Mike talked about this idea of be yourself and um, push into what you're good at. I, I really think the fact is, is that it takes all of us, yeah, to, to influence young people. But I think the main thing for me is about speaking value and worth over them and, and helping young, young people, and particularly young men, to know that there is more to them than what they have currently experienced, that, yeah. they, that there is potential for them, that their past does not have to define their future, yeah. and um, that ultimately uh, God has a plan for them that is bigger than they currently can see but that we can hold that for them and remind them on a consistent basis. Um, consistency is always the key. Yeah, yeah and that's come up so strong, hasn't it? Nathan, yeah. I need to reinforce the point what I was making about asking questions. One of the most successful projects I ran with men and men only is a project called Silent Screens Project. And when I started that project, I went to the men that I worked with and I said, guys, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? None of the guys were Christian. All of them were connected to like quite serious street culture. And just because of my humility and just like, guys, I don't know what to do, they rallied around me like crazy, mm. gave strategies, gave me ideas, come up with concepts, come up with names, come up with the flyer designs. They chose the venues to do the events. They come up with ideas of the food. I'm talking about, just, I just went empty. I'm encouraging those who are here is that like sometimes we can feel because of how we are trained or programmed, you know, you've got to have this much qualifications and this, and you've got to be 
it's when I'm trained up properly, then I'm going to start doing it. Do you know sometimes if you just speak to a young person and say, look, I just don't know what to do, even with your struggle and your battle, you could bring that to yeah. some guys and say, look, how would you say that I need to, you know, like really ask yeah. them and I guarantee you they will, they'll be surprised, but they'll feel empowered for the fact that you're coming to me yeah. and asking me for advice. I remember one quite powerful story and um, where, um, when my husband and I found out we couldn't have kids and we were working with um, some young people just off the street. We didn't know if they were, where they were in their faith, but they wanted to pray for us. And these gang of lads gathered around me to pray for me. In my, in my brain, I was going, is this okay? Is this all right? These boys are praying for me. And I was like, actually, in this moment, these boys are stepping up and saying, we don't really understand this, but we know you want a baby and you tell us that God heals, so we're going to pray for you to have a baby. And it was just really amazing, just just that, that incredible gift. And I was like, you haven't been through Alpha. I don't know if you're Christians, <laughs> but how amazing is this? Yeah. Guys, we're going to have to wrap it up very, very shortly. We are, yeah. It's desperately I, sad because we I have really to really um, this. We have to kind of be, uh, uh, we have to help Gastry out by uh, stopping all amplified noise in two minutes. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, because we're, we're thinking about dreams this weekend. Uh, and so 30 seconds each of you. I'd just like to know what your dreams are for, for young men, for how the church might better engage with them and how they might find a, a more positive identity. Go. Yeah, I'm going to go particularly for um, young black men. Um, and my dream is, is, is that as churches we begin to, prov- to present a faith that's not Eurocentric, mm. that actually recognising the golden thread of African roots in Christianity. Um, as you know, I'm a Pentecostal bishop, and uh, my archbishop um, has written a book called Africa, Christianity, and the Bible. And um, I go into a medium-secure mental health institution um, where I'm a chaplain and have been for about 10 years. And I've taken that book to several young men and it's absolutely transformed their lives because what it's done is challenged this notion that being a Christian mm. is a thing that white guys do. Mm. That actually they feel, do you know what? Ethiopia, Africa is in the story and it didn't start when, when um, David Livingstone arrived yeah. in mm. Rhodesia yeah. or wherever he arrived. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. Nathan, how about for you? Just quickly is... Um is that we will just continue these type of conversations that will cross-culture meet and, and sometimes just stop the program a bit and just have this forum where we can talk, conversate, because I would have loved to be able you know, I'm going to stay behind or be outside or whatever, mm-hmm. but we need, to, can, we need to create more spaces like this to have the conversation. Thank you. I think my dream is for youth workers to, um, for us to be more like Jesus in the way that we work with young people. He chose 12 teenagers to come and journey with him and was willing to give them opportunities and to let them basically get it wrong and to try it out. And yet he, all the way along, spoke value and worth and gave them purpose. And I want that for us as a youth ministry um, team. Amen. Awesome. Hey, I think if I whisper, it won't sound amplified. So, uh, so we're over time, but thank you so much. Uh, please, uh, a massive uh, thanks and round of applause to our guests, Mike, Nathan, and Nathan. Yeah! The Escape Podcast. Let's open line for so exhaustion aside, I mean, mm. that, that was phenomenal, wasn't it? There's it was. some really strong challenges at yeah. the end of how we do Absolutely. youth work differently, how we engage 
right across the diverse community of youth ministry? Yeah, I mean, there was, for me, two things. One, just that challenge about how do we keep having those conversations that are, you know, across uh, the the divides of the church, the natural divides, the ethnic divides, the the divides of of denominations and and theologies. How do we keep doing that? And that was one of the beautiful things about the weekend was that we started some of those things. Uh, The other thing is just that challenge of, like, staying hopeful about Mm. young men in our culture Mm. because it does you know it's really great to hear Nathan Mike and Naomi all saying you know I believe that we can see young men take different paths and better choices but it's going to take real long-term side-by-side investment um and uh and gosh it's challenging isn't it you know because that's not something these are not things you're going to fix (laughs) in you know six months or, or with or with a small team of people this is going to take um, a lot of work from a lot of people over a long time. A lot so. more of us getting up close and it's the proximity. Proximity. Brilliant. So as well as uh, that incredible wisdom, uh, get ready friends because we've got more. It's oh. not the end of the podcast. What? And we're not segueing into a silly game no. yet. I don't know if we're doing a game. We're not doing, doing a game. silly game today. We're not doing a silly game because we've got lots of great stuff for you. I mean me and Martin are a silly game. We are We are that in abundance aren't we? We are. Constantly so, playing a silly game. Constantly playing a silly game in our heads. Constant soundtrack. We have got Aaliyah Pike. Yes. And I feel that I'm, I normally get people's names quite wrong. Mm. And I'm getting her name really right, which means that she's loving me right now. Aaliyah. Aaliyah, not Aaliyah, Aaliyah Pike. Now, the thing about Aaliyah, the most exciting thing about her is not the fact that I can pronounce her name. It's, it's in Aaliyah is a, is a leader who has got such a clear voice around challenging the youth ministry community to be the best that we can be and to really pick up theological engagement and training. And so mm. I just grabbed her recently. Matt Summerfield and I were up in Manchester at Nazarene College meeting with lots of volunteer youth workers, about 50 of them from across the churches in Manchester. And I just said to her, you've got six minutes, Aaliyah. Like, what is it about the weekend that you love, the National Youth Ministry Weekend, and what message do you have for youth workers? It is about training. It is about theology. Do not switch off. This stuff is life-changing. So listen to this. The Youthscape Podcast. So uh, I'm up in Nazarene College and I'm with Leah Pike, whose voice you might recognise from podcasts such as the special one about the National Youth Ministry Weekend. <laughs> so Leah, you're surrounded by chocolate and money. I'm going to come yes. to know you like this. Why have you got lots of chocolate and money around you? So I, we're doing an amazing event this evening up at NTC. So uh, Rachel speaking and Matt Summerfield speaking. It's the secret formula to youth ministry. It's so secret. I've got no idea what's actually happening. But, uh, but I registered people and I gave them chocolates while they were standing in the queue. I learned that from Rachel at uh, the Youthscape <laughs> yeah. National Youth Ministry Weekend. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. And then, so we're in Manchester. Yes, so yeah. We're officially up north, friends. I am officially up north. I know. I don't sound very northern either. <laughs> but Aaliyah, um, I have to say, the reason I wanted to interview you is, is I ages ago said to you, why should someone train yeah. and do training in youth ministry? And and you blew the, blew the socks off me, really, about your response, which is kind of like sets you up now to fail. But I just... <laughs> I just love kind of your heart around training. So I just yeah. love you to talk about, so you work for Nazarene College yeah. and you guys run degrees, masters and other courses. And PhDs and, PhDs. and, um, and we do some one-off events. So we have the Manchester Bible School. And the best thing is people come and audit classes just for the joy of learning. So wow. if they're not sure if theology is right for them, they can just come and audit a class. But mm. I am, I I'm, I'm, think training is just so important. And I sometimes wonder when people are like, oh no, I don't need to do any training, I learn anything on the job. And I think you learn loads on the job, but there is something about giving the best to young people. Mm. And why wouldn't we want to go, go do some training, network with other people, learn about things, and, and especially some new stuff. You know, I don't know about 
all the things on Snapchat yeah. and stuff, but it's good to go to events where you can hear people talk about these are what our young people are using, this is how they're communicating, and find out about yeah. those things. But but there's also, sorry, I'm natural, no, right? I love it. But there's it's also good. there's the, the underlying, the underpinning stuff about theology. So when young people ask those difficult questions, you know, when they talk about, well, will that person go to heaven and what's going to happen to this person? And to know and to be able to kind of discuss that and dialogue that yeah. with them and search and journey with them. It's not about having all the answers, but kind of being able to have those conversations. That's vital, isn't it? And I think um, at the National Youth Ministry Weekend, Gerard Kelly leant over the podium and he said to a room full of 600 youth workers, if you are not doing theology, then all you're doing is entertaining young people. Now, he wasn't saying don't have fun. He wasn't saying don't put on great professional, you know, safeguarding and best practice. But... That must have really resonated with you. But you, I, is there a fear in us around theology sometimes as youth I, workers? I genuinely think that, that yes, that it is, it's... I think when we hear those words, ology, and I remember the old yeah. BT advert, always got an ology, we think it's going to be really hard. And that, that, yeah, it's new. It doesn't mean it's really hard. There are words that you learn that, that you may not know, mm. but you, you learn them gradually. Um, and that, yeah, it's so important. When Gerard said that, honestly, I clapped. He really mm. laid down the challenge about, you know, if you don't want to do this theology with young people, then, then go and get a different job. Yeah. Just, you know, what are you doing with young people if you're not willing to learn some theology? Yeah. Um, and it's more than just reading your Bible. It's about understanding how does our faith come into being? Where did all these churches come from? You know, what do we really understand by the Trinity? What do we really understand um, by who God is as our creator? And so learning some of that stuff and just being really solid mm. in knowing what your faith's about mm. and it's re- us wrestling well with yeah. scripture isn't it and understanding yeah yeah what how and how do we read scripture what is it pointing yeah. to what are the kind and i think as well paula gooder was doing some great stuff wasn't she around if you think yeah. you know what jesus is saying think again because there's Absolutely. layer upon layer upon layer upon stuff i i uh, so i quoted hippo love this <laughs> song called hippo and and he's not actually hippopotamus it's no, some not, kind of church yeah, father is he yeah. yeah and he said if you understand it probably not god yeah, and so this wow. idea, um, so we do a theology book here, it's based on f- the book Faith Seek and Understanding, and this idea that in our faith we are seeking to understand more mm. about God. Um, and, and it is just that journey, and you do feel a bit like the more you learn, the less you know. Mm. But young people are going to ask these questions, mm. and the, I really feel young people deserve the best from us. Mm. Yeah, and so to go to some training to learn some stuff. It doesn't have to be a full degree. You, know, you can just do some classes. You know, sit down with your pastor and say, you know, I want to learn a bit more. What books would you recommend? And I want to go a bit deeper. Set a little group up at your church. Connect with local churches and find out what's going on. But certainly if you're in Manchester... Mm, come, come, come and chat and find here. out yeah what we've got absolutely so there are sort of short courses and online courses can people do so so we don't do online courses here but there are certainly other theological courses that do online courses yeah. um we really we're here about community so we love people coming and spending time yes. with us and having coffee with us um but but there are loads of different ways that people can get involved in studying um but even just sometimes just coming and having a chat with me coming and just sitting in on a class and meeting some of our lecturers and wrestling with some of those difficult mm, topics. Sounds so good. Yeah. And I, I remember speaking once to an American youth worker who, and maybe this is an unfair distinction, um, but said, actually, in the States, like, most youth workers do a master's in youth work. And I was in theology, and I was a bit like, look, I've not done a degree in youth work, let alone a master's. And, and actually, hang on a minute, some of the best youth workers I know are not, haven't got a formal training. But I went away and suddenly thought, he wasn't saying you do the training and then you're excellent, but he was saying, actually, if you really care yeah. about young people in this day and age, in 
invest, invest, invest. So whether we are volunteers and doing this yeah. like five minutes a week or we're a paid worker, actually how we invest yeah. in our own learning and, our, and God shaping our character, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really key for, for church leaders to invest in their workers. So tonight some people have come and their churches are paying for them to be here. It's just it's a two-hour session in the evening, but their mm. church is saying, you know what, go to that. That'd be really good for you to go to. We want to invest in you. Mm. But but certainly, yes, there's... there's I'll go back to the whole thing. I'll keep thinking about giving our best to young people. And so go and learn a bit about what's youth work about. Not just all the policies and stuff, but where does it come from? What are our values? And then because... As well, when you're then like talking to your church board or you're talking to an organisation, you're trying to get into a school, you know the language that they know and mm. you can really articulate. You know, this isn't just playing ping pong. This is profession. We are helping to transform and change young people's lives. Mm, and that will boost our confidence yeah. as well, isn't it? And we're not then just youth workers. Yeah. We're just doing this. Actually, yeah. this is rich stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Thank you so much, Aaliyah. You're welcome. And I'm now going to, I can, I've spotted can... a bounty. It's always bounties <gasps> that are left in Box oh, of Roses. Bounty. Can I take that with me? And should we do the hug? Because we hugged yes! her last time. And then I picked her up because I'm super strong. <laughs> the Youthscape Podcast. Okay, so, uh, so the thing is, I feel like Aaliyah is somebody who needs to be added to our list of shout outs. <gasps> Thought. Is this is this an example of us having an internal conversation about stuff? Yeah. Publicly. This is us. Lovely. This is the meeting. Lovely. This is the meeting. So I say, I can you can you, can you like say somebody needs to propose okay. that to me second it. So yeah. Okay. Well, so you're proposing. I, I'm proposing it. we add Aaliyah. Okay. And my, you've already my raised hand your hand. Yeah. I'm seconding. Seconded. Seconding. Okay. That. Producer Rachel, are you happy? <laughs> okay. We've added Aaliyah to the list. So we've already said we've already done shout outs to Ollie Deeks, who was in the room, of course. Yeah, he was. And Dr. Len Kegler, who I think still. Still he was in the same us. postcode Still at the time. Yeah. Um, and we're going to add to the list, to the official list now, Aaliyah Pike. Yeah. Hello Ooh. to Aaliyah Pike. She's lovely. We love Aaliyah. And uh, just a reminder that um, at the National Youth Ministry Weekend, we gave away for free our new resource called Hashtag What If, which is about helping young people identify and cope with their anxious thoughts and feelings. If you are not there and are not able to get hold of it, fear not. You can go to the Youthscape store, so www.youthscape.co.uk forward slash store where you can buy a copy for £25 and it has within it a facilitator's guide which means that as you open it up all the information you need to take young people through these four games is there and it's brilliant and yeah, people really are already is, using it it in really is good and, yeah I mean that's the thing you it's know, good. it's actually good. It's, a, it's actually all right. It's actually really good. It doesn't just good. look nice. It actually is good. Yeah, and we've seen it. We've we've run the, yes. the games here with young people. It's not just about um, understanding anxiety. It's actually also trying to put tools in the hands yes. of young people to help them cope it's with become anxiety, their anxiety. resilient. And, yeah. and, and anxiety is like a massive issue, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Among young people now. Yeah. So so I'm really excited that we've done this. So get hold of a copy. Friends, that is everything for today. I think our hearts, our heads, our bellies are full. God bless you with whatever you have to do. And may stuff come out of this podcast that really transforms how you do you. Cat Dealy! Cat Dealy! And gave me a massive hug and then went, oh, not Cat Dealy! And gave me another hug.